Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that helps you get unstuck in the areas of faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility in the hopes of inspiring you and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm your host, Jerry, and in just a moment, we're going to be joined by Trip Bodenheimer. Trip is a service member in the United States Air Force and host of the Shadows podcast, and together we're going to share some leadership stories, things that we've learned from our military service that have helped us in our lives to pursue the best lives we can live. And he's going to share with us why the Shadows podcast aims to share stories from folks like you to inspire others to live their best life as well. So sit back and relax unless you're being chased by a hungry, ravenous pack of wolves. In that case, keep running and hopefully you're not the slowest guy in the group. Uh, So with that said, Thank you for joining the show, and here we go. All right. Hey, Tripp, how are you doing this fine day, whatever day it is that somebody's listening to this? I'm doing good, Jerry. How are you doing? (laughs) Doing well. Uh, Now, I I guess you're somewhere in the central standard time zone, but I never asked, like, where are you based right now? So I'm actually located in Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, okay. So, yeah, just before the time zone changes into Georgia. Okay. (laughs) Exactly. Just, there we go. I can head up to Atlanta and boom, I've hit the time zone change. Nice. <laughs> when I was in the army, I was stationed at Fort Benning and uh, we would cross over to Phoenix city all the time. And, um, I was like the big dork in the family. Like every time we crossed that state line, I'm like, live, we're going back in time. And then like, <laughs> she just rolled her eyes. Like the first time she laughed, but I said it like every time and we went like every weekend. And and so uh, I think one day she even just got tired of it. She's like, let me guess we're going back to the future. It's like, how did you know? She's like, starts oh, beating you to it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, do I say this every time? She goes every time. I'm like, but we cross this state line all the time. She goes, I know. I know. I love you. But yeah, <laughs> I was like, Oh boy, it's begun. We just got married. I'm already repeating my jokes oh man you do it 13 years later too though oh yeah 19 uh so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so she just lets she just lets me roll with it if she knows it's a long story she lets me know hey, I, you did tell me that one uh last week i'm like no i didn't she goes okay it was last year but still i know the story i'm like okay. that's the worst feeling when someone's like i've heard this before i'm just gonna let you go ahead and finish I'm like yeah exactly because she knows i gotta get out of my system and yeah uh, so that's where i'm definitely lucky and uh married above myself so uh, married up. There we go. That's what we say. Uh, but really good to have you on here. Uh, we connected through a, a, a common friend of ours, uh, Shay Sparks, um, yeah. which is odd because we also know Joe Bogdan and Scott Green from Llama Lounge, but we got connected through somebody completely different. Um, and and that seems to happen because um, I should have been the person who introduced Shay to those two guys. And uh, no, they, they found her on their own. I was like, man, I'm a horrible friend, you guys. A little so inner sorry. circle, though. Yeah. So it's it's just really cool. Like there's this group of... Uh, folks who talk about investing in people and leadership and developing others. And we've just kind of formed up, like circle the wagons in a sense. Um, probably not the greatest analogy to use, but yeah. So uh, definitely. It, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely good. Shout out to Shay. Thank you for connecting me with, with trip and, uh, and yeah, we're ready to rock and roll. 
Shay is incredible. She is, she's amazing. There's, there's not a lot better people out there than Shay Sparks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, very genuine, uh, giving heart mm-hmm. and a uh, connector of people. And, um, she definitely lives up to the show title that she has, which is, uh, the oh, power of investing absolutely. in others. Yeah. Uh, she so, really does. Yeah. I was actually talking to her one day. We were, we were just, we hopped on zoom for just like a regular chat and our conversation was so good. And she, she just goes like, you know what? I had a booking scheduled for later, but, uh, due to some, some weather issues that, that had to get canceled, you just want to hit record and we just hit record. And I actually thought it came off pretty well. She was so just good at her questioning techniques and just the flow of the episode, especially for just no notice, just thinking she's hopping on there just to chat with me. But yeah, that's, that speaks volumes to how amazing she is. Yeah. And it's also why I think a lot of podcasters, when they jump on a Zoom call, even if it's just a call, they, mm-hmm. they fire up the microphone set, the, the mixer, the noise gate, if they've got one, they got their ready. headset. Yeah. They're always ready. They get, they're in the room with the treated acoustic panels. If they can get in there and it's like, man, that guy went overboard. And it's because of stuff like that. It's like, you know, I, I had something fall through. Let's go ahead and hit record on this conversation. Yeah. Let's do this. So, I swear I'm going to start taking my Yeti mic to airports and places with me just in, in case I need someone. It's, <laughs> It's going to be ready to go. I mean, I've I've got an ATR twenty one hundred that uh, I use for the road, and it's. I mean, the kit I've got is very portable. So, I, I mean, I knew I was recording today and recording yeah. from not my usual spot. So, uh, but yeah, it it pays off. I start going to conferences, taking my equipment with me because you never know. You might run into somebody in the lobby and say, "Hey, I want to record this for my audience. Let's let's have a conversation here real quick." Mm-hmm. And, and we. Re- fire it up and have a conversation and it's an episode. So you are uh, currently in the air force. Is that right? Yes, sir. I actually, uh, I joined the air force in 2009 and I was, uh, had a very cushy job. I was working at red lobster oh. and I was a, uh, <laughs> I don't mean to brag, but I was a two time server of the year oh, there uh, you go. In, in Sumter County. So it was a really big deal. And, uh, I like to tell the story that I was kind of like Michael Jordan, in the 98 finals, uh, I walked away at the top of my game. There you go. <laughs> and I, I was like, you know, I'm going to hang up the blue apron and I'm going to go join uh, the Air Force. And at the time, my daughter was re- really young, uh, my youngest daughter. And uh, I was looking for more stability. I was tired of, you know, waiting on tables. And I'd actually, before that, had gone to school for physical therapy, but it just wasn't my thing. I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling it when I got out. And um, so, yeah, I ended up joining the Air Force took that dive and they said, your first base is going to be Davis Moth in Arizona. So I went from living in South Carolina to Arizona. I was working (laughs) on computers. I loved it. I I loved Arizona. Loved it so much. And uh, family enjoyed it. We were there four years. And then I was actually about to get out of the military and the air force said, well, if you hang on a little bit longer, we're going to send you to Germany for four years. So I ended nice. up going to Germany. I couldn't turn that down. I yeah. was like, no, you got me. <laughs> and there wasn't a whole lot of convincing. And then I went there and uh, we extended for two more. I got picked up as a airman leadership school instructor. So basically I was uh, training brand new supervisors on how to lead mm-hmm. and did that job for three years over there. And then when I finished up, I was thinking I was going to be coming back to the comm career field. And I got asked, well, hey, we've got, you know, the instructor's course down in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, enlisted professional military education instructor course. And 
that's like being a, a lottery pick in the NBA draft. I mean, only three of us teach here, uh, oh, wow. and we teach all the instructors on the enlisted side of uh, for PME and the Air Force. And, and they asked me if I wanted to come do it, and it was a dream job for me. And I was like, yes. Uh, the the trade off. I joke. I, I really I, I love Alabama. I really do. But I was like, the, jo- <laughs> the the joke I make is I went from Germany to Montgomery. That was the only trade off. But <laughs> so are any listeners in Alabama from Alabama? I love Alabama. Yeah. It's just my a little humor there. But yeah. yeah. On the same token, I mean, for all the other branches who think the Air Force doesn't really make any sacrifices. I mean, you went from Germany to Alabama, so I mean. exactly. <laughs> it's been a struggle. It's been, but it was funny though because when I got here, my my daughter had never she she pretty much grew up in in Europe, oh, so yeah. she's pretty much a European. So when she came over here, she's eleven years old, and riding down I ninety five was a lot different than riding down the autobahn. Oh yeah, and walking into Walmart the first time. Is a lot different than walking into an Audi or a bakery somewhere. Yeah. And it was, oh, you yeah. really got to see culture shock firsthand because it's just, um, it's so much to digest being here in the States compared to overseas where it's a lot more relaxed. It's just everybody walks everywhere and they're, they're riding bikes and, you know, very minimal with things. And here it's like, okay, it's Saturday. What's our agenda? We've got to do 13 different things today. And it's just that society is just go, go, go. So it was interesting to see through her eyes, the, uh, the culture shock firsthand. Yeah, I remember uh, growing up in Japan as a kid. Uh, my dad was in the army also, and coming back to the U.S. and finding out things like Transformers was in English. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what? No way! Like I thought that was strictly a <laughs> Japanese cartoon. How cool is that? Uh, and yeah, yeah, I missed out on a lot, but also learned a lot. Um, but I think it, it's appreciating those other cultures is really good. So mm-hmm. having that ability to expose your kids to a world outside the United States is. It's huge. Um, you can't really give that kind of education in a school. It's better than any textbook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'll I'll stand by that through and through. Like, if I had a choice between keeping my child in school for two weeks or taking my child on a tour across the country and seeing landmarks and historical sites and, and just learning about cultures across the country and the history of this country, that would hands down be far more memorable and make a bigger impact on my kids than keeping them in front of a textbook for two weeks every time yeah every time um so looking back in your life you mentioned that you'd gone to school for physical therapy and you realized it wasn't your thing um where do you where do you think you would be if you did a typical thing which is you know what i got this degree that's where the money is i'm gonna go into physical therapy you know that's a really good question because i and i think about that one a lot because the spot I'm in right now was a struggle to get to. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't just, you know, I walked into a recruiter's office and everything has been amazing since. But I remember I looked back and I was like, gosh, I wasted all that time in school. And I looked, I thought of it as that, as I wasted time in school. And I was, I was kind of chasing the, um, the white picket fence lifestyle. I was, I was, I was getting married. I was, you know, had kids. I wanted to have just that, that cush job and, and live just like everybody else around me and go to the YMCA and work out and, you know, go to pancake dinners and all this stuff. And I, I thought that was, you know, going to be my life. And, but I didn't want that. I felt like I had more. I felt like I had so much more and, and nothing against that lifestyle. It's just, I felt like I have more to give more potential. There was more for me to do. And 
I would listen to people talk about oh traveling and going out and doing stuff and, and getting immersed in different cultures and just trying new things. And so whenever I started kind of branching away from physical therapy and started, you know, working at uh, Red Lobster was kind of a side job when I was doing physical therapy, but then I was actually making better money on tips than I was as a brand new physical therapy assistant. And so that was one of the reasons I kind of walked away from it. And then plus it was a a really long commute and this was 2005, 2006. This is when gas prices like spiked. Oh yeah. You remember that when gas prices and there was lines everywhere for people to get gas and I was driving, it was about a 60 minute commute one way. And I was like, I can't be doing this. This is not what I want to do. And I just didn't have that passion for it. I just, I wasn't passionate. I wasn't, I couldn't picture myself doing it 20, 30 years. I would probably be grumpy. Yeah. I would probably, I mean, who knows, but I I just, I wouldn't have been happy. So, um, I decided just to kind of step away from it. And, uh, one, one of my friends actually was supposed to go to the, uh, recruiter's office in the air force. And, he was, we were making salads one day at lunch at Red Lobster. <laughs> and he's like, Hey man, I'm going to the recruiter's office. Do you want to come over there with me? And I said, yeah, I'll, what the heck? I'll, I'll go over there. And this just goes to show how you don't really know what your plan is in life. Um, it kind of gets shown to you. And I, I showed up and he wasn't there. He stood me up and I'm standing out in the parking lot and I'm like, well, I'll walk in, at least talk to this guy. And I walked in and I walk out the door like, wow, I might be joining the Air Force uh, at 27 years old. This is interesting. Okay. So, yeah. And then the rest is rest is history. Wow. Wow. Do you still give that guy a lot of grief for standing you up or you're like, nah, life's good? I hadn't, actually, I hadn't talked to him in a while, but I mean, it worked out perfect. I've always wondered what happened if he would have joined the same time as me, like where we would have been like career wise. But yeah. It was, it was, uh, it worked out perfect. It's crazy how that works out though. It's just, um, I can, I can think of a number of people in my own life where they're like, Hey, we got to go do this. This will be awesome. And you show up ready to go. They're nowhere to be seen. And you're like, what the, mm-hmm. where did, where did Johnny go? Like, Oh, Johnny said he got something else going on. I'm like, well, we're here. And it turns out to be like the best thing ever. But then Johnny misses out and you're like, Hey, you should have shown up. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to bring up the thing about like, what if you had done physical therapy? Because one of the things we come across with our audience uh, and our, our target audience as well, specifically, I should say, is they're, they're kind of stuck in this rut of a career that, you know, they, they got into that career because they were kind of told that's the thing to do. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to become a doctor. Why? Well, your dad was a doctor and your dad, before, you know, his dad before him was a doctor. And, you know, that's the way we get out of poverty. You know, it's, that's just the way we make money and we, we succeed by being doctors. But then, you know, the person wants to be an artist. They want to write novels or, uh, you know, you're going to become a nurse. Why? Because that's where the money is. And it's like, do I want to be a nurse? Do I want to, you know, wipe people's rear ends and change out wound dressings and, you know, console people. Um, and it, it's something that kind of just, you know, I guess I wouldn't say touch a nerve, but hit home for me because I was a pre-med student for my bachelor degree. And, um, I think my faculty advisor picked up on it. Like Jerry, your GPA is barely a 2.0, but you're tutoring people who are getting A's and B's. Do you really want to be a doctor? And I'm like, of course I want to be a doctor. You know, like the, the answer I, I thought I was supposed to give. He's like, maybe you want to teach. I'm like, no, teachers are for those who can't. And I'm saying this to a teacher. <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine. And then you just sign my paper and send me on my way. And it was like maybe a decade or so later, you know, I'm thinking about going to get a master's degree, talking it over with my wife. And 
she just kind of looks at me and says, you need something in education. And I'm like, what does she know? Other than, you know, she's been paying attention to me for a decade. And then I realized, oh, maybe she's onto something here. And maybe my faculty advisor was right. And um, it's just neat that folks kind of notice things in you that you may not notice in yourself. And uh, I'm going to try to seg this into your own show that you've got this podcast called The Shadows Podcast. And you share the people's stories and the the intent behind that is to help inspire people to get outside of their comfort zones. And I think that's why people get trapped in these careers they don't enjoy and pursuing these fields of study they don't really have a passion for because it's kind of what they thought the world expects of them. And it's the comfort zone. It's This is the world we know. This is how you get successful. And this is the only way it works. Yeah, deep down in that individual, it's, but I want to do something else. How do I do that and be successful? at doing it and you know surviving off of it or thriving off of it and so always do you see the shadows podcast pulling people out of that comfort zone to do that what are some stories that stand out to you as well stay with us we'll be right back and now let's talk about how you can use cap show to repurpose and market your content if you have a business like me you can upload your cornerstone long-form content like podcast episodes or youtube videos into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash CapShow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, Back to the show. Um, well, the the first part, I, I I totally agree about getting comfortable being uncomfortable. That's like probably if I had like one motto in life, that has been the one. My dad was a lawyer. Ah. Grow, growing up, I thought I had to be a lawyer. I thought that was going to be what I was, you know, born to do. I thought it was, you know, you pass the torch down to the next generation. Because I had so many people that, you know parents worked at a furniture store. They worked at a furniture store. They had an insurance company. The kids work at the insurance company. And I I just thought that was, you know, my trajectory. And that's kind of what uh, I love my mom to death, but it was, it was always like, you've got to be this, you've got to do this. And that's kind of where I fell into physical therapy is other people's expectations. And you're never going to be comfortable with other people's expectations. You've got to be comfortable with your own. And it it really wasn't until you know I joined the military and I got deep into my career. I, I wasn't happy working in the comm squadron, and I'm going to be back there in a year and a half. And maybe my <laughs> maybe it's changed because you know I'll situations will be different. I've grown a lot, but um, I, I got asked to be an Airman Leadership School instructor, and. I, t- I almost turned it down. I went into the office of the individual who offered me the job and I said, I don't think I'm, I'm good for that. I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. I, I can't speak in public. I'm not a good public speaker. I- I'm very self-conscious about a lot of things. So I, I just, I, you know, I'm not the, the sharpest uh, tool in the sheds. I, I just don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to get up there and teach. And they didn't take that as an answer. They said, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm taking that as you're going to sleep on it and come back tomorrow. And they told me, they said, you know, just remember this. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. If your gut is telling you uh, that, hmm, I don't know if this is a good move. I, I did. If you get that little feeling, it's probably telling you 
it's going to pay off so much if you if you take that opportunity if you jump at it because right now you're comfortable and i think COVID showed that a lot too people were really comfortable and stuck in their habits and so i came out the next day i said you know what i'll do it i'll take the job and i overcame every single one of my fears and the the journey there is never easy the journey there is never going to be you know just smooth sailing you're going to have second guessing you're going to have those moments where you're just in tears or you're like i have messed up i have made the worst decision possible that is okay because you know you're doing the right thing you're just leaving that comfort zone and it's hard to let go of it and um i, I also figure i have one life <laughs> on yeah. walking on this earth i'm gonna be happy i'm gonna be happy doing it and teaching was the best thing that ever happened to me i didn't see it at the moment and uh you know like i said going back to calm I, I don't know what my future holds but it may be the best thing to happen but with the podcast it was something that uh when covid kicked off i was teaching in residence uh over at gunter annex and we were we hopped online one day and it was pretty much like hey we're not gonna be able to teach in residence for the foreseeable future oh and and i had no idea what that even meant for my job i was like well what do we do and i remember logging off that day and i was like i don't have a job i can't teach anybody on yeah. there and it's like how every military school of, is done right yeah so i was like <laughs> how, how in the world am i going to teach on this thing called what zoom or teams or webex like how in the world are we going to do this and so the next week we got on and um our coming out was like, we're going to figure this thing out. We're, we're going to teach on these platforms. So I started doing some, uh, like experimenting with the different platforms. And I, I have a lesson, five voices, uh, discover your leadership voice. And I said, you know, let me throw this out on Facebook and see if people bite and I can test it out and I can teach on a couple of these platforms and I offered it for free and people were jumping on it. And I got a huge response, huge response. And so what I started doing was I started scheduling people hopping on, talking to people and I would connect with different people and I would hear their stories. And um, I was like, well, this is really cool. I can reach out to people all around. So then I went on, we were talking about Joe Bogdan. I went on the llama lounge and I recorded uh, an episode on their show and we finished and I kind of had that little itch. I'm like, okay, I've been teaching online. Now I just recorded on a podcast. This is kind of cool. I think I could do it. Yeah. And then I just went crazy. I got the mic and the ring lights and, and all this other stuff. But the, my, uh, I sat down and talked to my wife and I was like, you know, I think I want a podcast, but I want to do something different. And I didn't want to do, you know, let's, let's get on here and talk about mindfulness or diversity or just some, some topic because so many people do that better than me. Yeah. And I just wanted to think outside of the box a little bit. So we came up with the concept, the shadows podcast. And the idea basically is everybody has a shadow and everyone does. And it follows you from cradle to grave and your darkest moments, that shadow, you can't necessarily see it, but it's still there. And it's going to be a constant reminder of everything you've gone through. But then your highest moments at your pinnacle, that shadow seems larger than life and but it always fades back to to you and we we were like you know we can get people's stories like their their obstacles they've had to overcome uh taking chances and how they succeeded because they stepped outside of their comfort zone they were they were going to let society dictate and, and that's the problem too we let society dictate what's acceptable like what's considered success as opposed to our own internal success yeah and 
So I said, you know, our goal is for each episode to motivate one listener. And I know for downloads and stuff, that's not the best way to go, but th- that's what we're looking for. We're, we're looking for, you know, we, we have one episode, we really want it to, to resonate with somebody. And honestly, I've gotten really good feedback from guests, but the best feedback we've got is from, uh, or from, excuse me, listeners, but the best feedback I've received is from our guest. Oh. And that's been the really interesting part is... I did this thinking, you know, like so many people are going to reach out and be like, oh my gosh, this episode really helped me. And we get that probably three to four people per episode. Someone will reach back and say, wow, this, and I mean, they'll, they'll hit me up directly and say, this, this person has been through the exact same thing I've been through. I need it. But the cool part and the part we didn't expect is that a lot of the actual guests that we interview will reach out to us and say, wow, that really struck a chord with me when you asked this question or wow, I'd never thought about this in this context before. And and now that totally has changed my perspective on life and uh, just interviewed someone the other day and uh, one of their family members reached out to me afterwards and said, wow, you really... Uh, got them thinking on this one question. And we actually had like a a really long conversation about it afterwards. And that's really cool to hear because you know, you're not, uh, once again, you you don't know what direction anything that you're going to do is going to take, but it's going to help someone out and it's going to benefit somebody. So to hear that it's actually helping the guest as well as the, um, the listeners was, was really incredible. And that's kind of been the cool part of this whole thing. My recording session last month, I had a guest say that to me probably the first time, which made me think, gosh, does this mean I finally (laughs) arrived as an interviewer? (laughs) I know. And and the course I'm at, we teach questioning techniques and how to interview people. And so, you know, of course, I'll get the, oh, you had great use of open-ended questions. You really dug stuff deep. But when they can say that you like hit something personal, and the friendships, you, you may hit someone as kind of a or reach out to them as a one-off, like, hey, do you want to come on and be the guest? But then the cool part is um, when that person ends up becoming like a really good friend. And I think probably the best example I have is uh, Jamie Valvano and her father, legendary basketball coach at North Carolina State, um, Jim Valvano. And her and I got connected. We logged in for like a little pre-meeting instantly hit it off. I mean, just, she's an amazing person, just so much energy. And she, she's like her father with that. And you could talk to her all day long. And uh, we scheduled the recording. We hopped on for the recording, just like you and I, it felt like we talked forever before we even hit record. We're like, look, we're going to get nowhere if we don't hit the record button. But then uh, we've stayed in contact since then. We have, you know, I consider her like a good friend now. And um, she had told me, you know, the, the one thing that your podcast showed me was the uh, power of storytelling. And this was around the time of her dad's birthday that we were talking. And she said, you know, you've really made me um, value storytelling and, and sharing his story and stuff. And to me, I, I could hang up the show right now and be like, that was a win. That was, that was really cool. That was a cool experience and, and made some amazing, amazing connections. And, uh, we were talking about that network, the network, how like your network of connectors and connections has grown since, um, since the pandemic kicked off, it's, it's incredible. And wouldn't have had an opportunity to do this. Probably. It probably would have been, Going back to the whole theme of this, taking a chance, it probably would have just been a thought in my mind of, 
one day when I retire, I'm going to possibly start a podcast, but just got to the point where I was like, let's just do it. Let's yeah. just pull the bandaid off and just get it done. Let's, let's see where this goes. So they say the person who waits for perfect conditions never gets anything done. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know if the air force says this, but in the army, uh, there was a, a phrase, um, no plan ever survives first contact with the enemy. And and it's true because the moment you engage other people, it's like, well, they have their own plans too. And it's going to throw a wrench in yours. And, but I, you know, I, Somehow you made me think about all the folks that, you know, they have it in their mind that the way to get through life is you go to school, you get good grades, you get a good job, you retire in 20 years, and now you have a pension. And it's after that retirement that you finally get to go out and live. You get to travel the world. You get to visit all your family that you ignored for 20, 30 years. Um, you, you Spend time with grandkids. Yeah. And what I found is, and what I've heard, and this is mainly, I guess, wisdom coming from folks who've gone that route. You know, they, they were in, so I, when I was in my early 30s, hearing from folks who were in their 50s and 60s hitting that retirement age and just saying to me, Jerry, if you can travel now, go do it. If you can go pursue this now, go do it. Because when you hit this age, uh, your body's going to start falling apart. You got to be close to hospitals. You're going to be on medication. And I was like, I I don't want any of that. (laughs) And they're like, well, if you take care of yourself now, maybe you could avoid the medication part, but um, you'll regret not having seen the sights while you're still young to climb that mountain, um, you know, to jump on that plane and go at a moment's notice and stuff like that. And uh, it was just such an eye opener of, you know, gosh, I really wish and not just wish, but what would it take for me to go backpacking, for example? So that's a, a hobby I took up a few years ago. And I was just like, I want to do long trails. I want to do a through hike. I want to do this. And, um, and it was just like, start with some overnighters, start with some two and three night trips. And and now it's like, people think I'm an actually good backpacker, but I forget stupid stuff like drinking water. <laughs> so it's like, hydrating. Yeah, hydrating. Like, I know better. Uh, but it's like, oh, like a creek, I should probably top off my water. And then I walk another two miles, like, I should have topped off my water two miles ago. Now there's no river for another three miles. What is wrong with me? Um, it's but, funny yeah. you say that, though, about the traveling piece, because we we went all around europe i mean when we were there uh i know this will make me sound a little snooty but we went to like 27 countries when we were in germany that's made the most europe yeah yeah and i remember there were certain cities like rome and we love to go to the cities and just walk around and just walk around explore and I, i believe it was rome or pompeii or somewhere in italy but we were so worn out and tired and i was telling my wife i was like we're in our mid thirties and I'm worn out and tired yeah. and I'm in, I'm in the best shape of my life. And <laughs> I said, imagine when we're doing this and we're 65, 70 years old, we're going to get dropped off on a Metro, see the Coliseum and head back to the hotel and take a nap. And it's like, there's not going to be this, this walking around forever, but definitely what you said, get out and do it. Cause uh, I think a lot of people, they do look at retirement and they say, you know, when I, when I'm 65, that's going to be my time to go out and travel and do this and that, but enjoy it while you're at your peak and and your health is where it is. And, you know, you can get out and you're, you're like, you know, that, that other site is two blocks down the road. Let's just go ahead and walk over to it and, and enjoy the culture. And the best stuff we got was just from walking around and finding a restaurant that was just around the corner from, you know, hiking from one excursion to the next so exactly yeah 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 the times now yeah in, in and my you get opinion. that bug and it's 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 an itch that you can't get rid of you're yeah 
I've been going crazy. I'm like, I need to go to New Orleans and Kansas City and St. Louis and all these places since I've been over here. So I'm, I'm dying to get out of the house. Yeah. I, I, when I travel, I prefer, this freaks my family out because they love their comfort zone when it comes to food. And I'm the guy that says, that's a hole in the wall that is only in this town. We it's should the best go. places. <laughs> yeah. That is the yeah. best places to eat. It is a junky looking building, but it's surrounded by cars. And, you know, it, it's a sign that there's good food there. And, um, you know, go check it out. It's, it's something that's local. It's got its flavor and, and you pick up some of that local culture. And, uh, to me, those are the things that stick out. If I go to a chain, it's like, I don't remember one Chili's from another. They're all, they're all the same. No, they, we, we were in Rome and there was, we were like kind of in the central area and there was all these restaurants everywhere and they looked, you know, glamorous and everything. And this one, this older gentleman came out and he, he kind of like grabbed my wife and very sketchy. He was like, come here. And she follows him. Of course. Yeah. Follow him down a dark alley and they oh, go down geez. this alley and I'm in the back, you know, cause I'm, I'm trying to like sway them. I'm like, no, we're not. No, no, no. We're going this way. <laughs> And of course, my girls are following my wife. So they're going, they're following this guy. And no exaggeration, this was a really long, dark alley. And (laughs) um, so I'm I'm walking behind them and I'm like, this is not going to end good. And he takes them to this little restaurant and points to it. And he's like, this is where you need to go. We go in there. Still to this day, if you ask any of the four of us, that was the best place we've ever eaten. Yeah. And yeah. Never would have found if we wouldn't have followed some older gentleman down a dark alley. Not yeah. suggesting that to anybody, any of your listeners, but. <laughs> but I mean, the metaphor, though, around like taking a leap of faith, like your wife runs mm-hmm. into a total stranger um, who she probably figured out very quickly. This is a local who knows the local scene and probably had a conversation you weren't privy to. And she she trusts the guy enough to go and, and take this leap of faith down a dark alley. Then the trust your daughters had in your, in your wife to follow them. And you like, uh, you know, this no is how trust. we die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the Bodenheimer family. It, it was like the scene where the Joker comes out on the Wayne family in the, in the alley. <laughs> That's what it felt like. I was like, this uh, is not good. You're waiting for the guy to turn around in Italian and say, for dance with the devil in the pale moonlight. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, that's automatically what went through my head. I'm like, well, this is it. <laughs> but it was all worth it. Got a heck of a calzone. So it was good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many of us have something that was memorable or life-changing because we did take a leap of faith. Uh, we, we did trust that somebody else was guiding us from a position of experience and knowledge. And in that trust opened up so many doors for us. Yeah. Very and, true. Yeah. And the flip side, how many of us close those doors because we're like, Nope, I'm not going down that route with you. And, uh, there's this phrase that uh, was also said in a lot, a lot in the army, especially around um, basic rifle marksmanship. And I don't know if the Air Force has the same one either, but um, you know, like when it comes to like the M16 rifle, it has a maximum effective range of like 550 meters, um, point target, I think up to 300 meters, a couple other things. Uh, when it came to giving excuses, the drill sergeants drill you in, and this is something that stays in the culture of the army throughout. Uh, and that is the moment you give an excuse. That drill sergeant tells you right away, there is no, the, the maximum factor of range of an excuse is zero meters. 
So go ahead and drop and do some push-ups, and and then fix the thing that you just gave me an excuse about. And you're like, man, that guy's a jerk. And then you run into another person you try to give an excuse to, and uh, that drill sergeant's like, what's the maximum effective range of an excuse? And you're like, zero point zero meters, drill sergeant. All right, <laughs> go ahead and do some push-ups. And um, that, so I, I got really good at push-ups, by the way. <laughs> and, uh, it, but you start to learn that in in that field, uh, and it turns out in any field. Uh, the person who gives the excuse is bringing zero solutions to yourself or to anybody else. Does the Air Force have like a similar saying to that? Like the maximum effective range of an excuse is zero meters or how does that resonate with you? I haven't really heard like one in the the Air Force for excuses. I've always heard the one that excuses are only good for turning into a secretary at the front desk at a school. Oh, that's, all, that's the only time they're good. <laughs> um, but I, I've never been much of a excuse person i always look at someone who it's almost like a credibility thing for me if someone has an excuse it's like okay but what and they like to lean on that they like to hold on to that and say but yeah but it's because of this i'm like okay but but what else like what are you going to do about it and always have a fix action don't just have an excuse have a fix action or or what you're going to do to to improve it or make it better and and that's something i've really have I guess through maturity because trip Bowden I remember 10 years ago was full of excuses. I had excuses <laughs> for everything. I had excuse why I was late. I had excuse why this happened, but I've learned to just um, not be resistant, just be responsive and just say, it's because of this, this is what happened. And you know, it won't happen again I'm, or I'm going to fix it and move forward with it. But that the more resistant we get and push back, uh, I think it diminishes our credibility a little bit. And it's just missed opportunities too. I mean, um, I know the moment somebody gives me an excuse, it's like, well, you're kind of useless right now in this situation. I need to go to somebody who's got a solution. And, um, that's me putting like my, my director hat on. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, well, I always like, tell I mean, the students, I always tell the students in a class, I'm like, your car, I was like, you're supposed to be at class at eight o'clock. Your car never wants to start at seven fifty five, eight o'clock. I was like eight o'clock. It never wants to start at seven ten. So uh, I, I get your excuse, but just own it. Just say I overslept. Just just own up to it. Yeah, set the alarm. <laughs> you know, actually yeah. set the alarm. You know, uh, don't drink the whole twelve pack. Cut it back to eleven. You know, <laughs> Sorry, that's why he told me that once. That wasn't the one he told it to. He said it to somebody else. But anyway, uh, I'm like trying to convince the world I'm not a I'm not a drinker. Actually, I'm not. But um, so you get the podcast, the Shadows Podcast. It showcases stories of people who um, you know, they tell their story, and from that, you know, we we learn you know what we can take away from their story and apply it to our own. Uh, we talked about. Yeah, the maximum effective range of an excuse, uh, the ability to trust somebody, to take a leap of faith. Um, any any final words of wisdom for those listening? Yeah, final words is you know just just get out there and see things, do things different, change things up. Uh, so many times, and I've been guilty of it. I mean, here even this past year of just getting stuck in the motions of doing things over and over. And sometimes you need that little spark just to. Go out and take a vacation somewhere, take a road trip somewhere, uh, plan, you know, that vacation. My wife and I were having dinner the other night. And my wife is like, you know what? We're going to go to New Orleans. Nice. We're going to do this. We're going to start going here and uh, just start changing things up. Don't get comfortable and find yourself like we talked about where you're looking at, you know, your life in hindsight saying, gosh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that different. Uh, you shouldn't have those. I wish I would have moments. Yeah. You, you say, you know, 
I wish I could go back and do that again. I wish I could experience that one more time. There's so much of the world to see so many different cultures. Uh, I think oftentimes we get kind of uh, stuck on social media and we get stuck on trying to, you know, compare ourselves to other people. Uh, Social media is beautiful. Social media is (laughs) dangerous too. And if, if you don't know how to use it and there's been no training guide that's come along with it. So people have just dove in. They say, look at this family. They're living an amazing life. We don't have that. I need to live that. I want to live that life. And you start comparing yourselves to what other people are doing. And it's not fair on you. Live your own life. Um, Go your own trails. Do your own things. Find your own hobbies. And um, be passionate about what you do every single day. Even a job. The second you say, I have to go to work, that's not a good sign. When you say, I get to go to work, you know you're in the right spot. And if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, so they can find me uh, several different ways. I've got different aliases out there for whatever reason. I don't know why I did it that way. But LinkedIn, I'm Edward Bodenheimer III. Uh, Facebook, just Trip Bodenheimer. And uh, same on Instagram as well. Um, I believe on Instagram, it's like Bodie82 or 82 Bodie. It's one of the, I'll get you the right one. And then Shadows Podcast, um, I'll send you the, uh, the link tree that we have for that but we're available on most podcast platforms um i don't think there's a whole lot that we're not available on and we got facebook instagram we got a lot of uh, instagram's kind of for like our bonus content but we got a youtube page as well and we've uh, had some amazing guests and we got some incredible guests on the way as well trip thank you so much for being on the show and uh yeah i look forward to staying in touch with you and collaborating in the future absolutely thank you for having me Be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 263. There you'll find links to Tripp's website, to the Shadows podcast, as well as some past episodes like the, the interview we did with the Llama Lounge, because it turns out these guys run in small packs as well. So Tripp knows the guys from the Llama Lounge, uh, Joe Bogdan, Scott Green, and the other two guys who I've never really met, actually, to be honest. Now, the best way you can pay us back, to pay me back on this show, is to pay me forward. So share me with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. There you have it. And on top of all that, I'm so glad that you joined me this week. And I look forward to joining you again next week as we bring another guest to this show. I believe it's going to be Ron Worley, who wrote the book, From Ditches to Riches. He's going to talk about how... He just had a very rough life and from there turned things around, runs multiple businesses, but one day had the widow maker of all heart attacks, somehow survived and was told by his doctors, most survivors of this type of heart attack have less than five years left to live. Well, this is year number five and I had a chance to have him on the show and here we are just defying the odds. So until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial 
with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.